Ramble. Our apartment lease in New York City is almost up, which means it's time for that hunt for the perfect apartment again. And I'm sure everyone can agree to this, but when your apartment takes off all of the boxes, you feel so much happier being home. You look forward to going home. But it is hard. It is hard finding the perfect place, especially in a place like New York. For us, we need to have an in-unit washer and dryer. That is like a non-negotiable. We need to have hardwood floors because of my allergies. And we love any unit facing Southwest. That is golden hour prime time. And since we're not in New York City right now, we've been using Apartments.com to help us find our new home. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all of your specific unique boxes. I love that there's a ton of 3D virtual tours which have come in honestly so handy for us because we're constantly traveling these days. It saves us so much time and money and it's really helpful for if you're moving to a new city. Maybe you're moving to the next town over. Saves you so much time. My favorite feature though is the amenity filters. So you can make sure your possible future home has all of the amenities you need. Like I said, in-unit washer and dryer. But you can even search for units with a balcony so you can enjoy a nice sunrise with your coffee. And once you find a new place that you like, you can even favorite them so they're all neatly organized. I get so excited to apartment hunt every night with my fiance. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Bada bing, bada boo. If you guys go to South Korea, there's a ton of fortune tellers. They actually have cafes where there's just rows of fortune tellers sitting there waiting for you to sit across from them so they can tell you where your soulmate is, why they're hiding from you, when you're going to meet them. They have all the answers. They'll actually read your palms. Like they do it all. They read your face. They read your palms. They read your birth charts. Okay, let's talk about the palms real quick. Look at your left palm. And mm -hmm. you have all these little lines on your palm, on your fingers, and they all represent something. They all mean something. So take your left thumb, for example. You have a lot of wrinkles on there, yes? But there's this one prominent line at the bend of the thumb. You bend your thumb, and there's that line right there. Mm -hmm. So consider your thumb broken into two parts. Mm -hmm. The top half is considered, is the top half bigger or is the bottom half bigger? Top half. The top half? Is it pretty equal or is it heavily the top half? Top half's... <laughs> yeah, you watch your thumb look like that. If the top part is bigger, that means you have more willpower than you have logic. If the bottom hmm. half is the bigger, it typically means that you're dominated by logic and not willpower. Yeah, that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is both. <laughs> it's equal and I have neither. So, But they don't just read your palms. It's said that these fortune tellers can read your face. There's a belief that based on how your face is shaped, it can determine what your fate is. Like the smoothness and particularly the roundness of your forehead can determine your career, your success rates later in life. You've got to have that round, plump, Botoxy looking forehead. Or your lips, for example. They say the fuller the lips, the more wealth that you're attracting. Your lips symbolize a river. That's how they think about it. And even if you have the biggest, juiciest lips in the world, if they're dry... That means you're drying out your wealth. What? Because the river is your wealth. So you need to keep your lips moisturized. Except what about ears? Ears? I don't know, because you never listen anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so Chinese, we want like a big ear. Lobe? Yeah. Really? Yeah, like Buddha. Oh. Yeah, like a big one. That's oh, that's so one. interesting. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if Koreans like big ear lobes. Sometimes they will pull my ear growing up. That's so funny. My mom hated when I wore heavy earrings because she said that my earlobes would get big. Uh, 
Oh, that's huh. weird. So interesting. It said that a lot of people will visit a face reader before getting cosmetic surgery to make sure that they're making the right choices. Because the last thing you want to do is alter your fate because you get a nose job. What if your fate was to be rich and now with this nose job, you're not? It's very interesting. Okay. And honestly, it's very popular in Korea to the point where they even have a fortune teller dispenser, like a vending machine, but it's fortune tellers. You, you get a little egg out of a vending machine. There's slots for singles and couples and you crack the egg and inside is your fortune. I guess it's like a fortune cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people go to get all kinds of advice and Park Seung-jung, we'll call him SJ. SJ went there to get career advice. He wasn't necessarily at a down point in his life. Like I, I feel like a lot of times people go when they're at a crossroads, when they're conflicted, maybe when things aren't going well. But SJ's career was arguably one of the best, one of the most sought-after careers in all of South Korea. He was a pharmacist. He owned his own pharmacy. He went to Seoul-de, which is the University of Seoul. This is like the Harvard of South Korea. But not just that. The fact that he became a pharmacist at a school like this was insane. To be a pharmacist in South Korea, you have to be the top 2% of 500,000 candidates. That means wow. you have to be the top 10,000 students in the entire country. But I don't know. There was just something more that he wanted. This is summer of 2018, so pretty recent. SJ sits down and the fortune teller is like, your fortune is clear as day. Okay, is he going to open up another pharmacy? Is the pharmacy in trouble? Like, what, what is clear as day? You, sir, are going to make videos and you're going to be famous. But she wasn't specific enough. Because he would be famous, very famous, in fact, but for all the wrong reasons. He would be famous, this pharmacist would be famous for basically his arrest in being patient zero, a herpes STD super spreader, if you will. So how does a highly educated, respected pharmacist in South Korea become one of the most hated YouTubers and medical professionals of all time? As always, full show notes are available at rottenmanglepodcast.com. But with that being said... Let's just go to November 2018. SJ decides he's going to listen to this fortune teller. He opens up his YouTube channel. He like launches his YouTube channel. And it's interesting. It's interesting because this is the second time that he tried to do YouTube. He called it uh, the first time that he tried to do YouTube. He called it Yak Easy. So in Korean, Yak is medicine. So it's like medicine easy. And the whole shtick was to create helpful pharmacy tips, but like humorous comedy style videos. It never really took off. I guess he was embarrassed because he didn't have a lot of views. So he just deleted the channel, never thought about it again until 2018. This fortune teller is like, you got it. you're going to be famous. This time, he's thinking about branding. He wants to do something a little bit more digestible, a little bit something cuter, a bit more professional. So he names his channel Yakurutu, which is a, it's a, it's a play on words. Yak in Korean, again, is medicine. But Yakurutu is a Korean, uh, it's a famous yogurt called Yakurutu or mm -hmm. like Yakult. So it's a mixture of those two. And it's like a cute thing. And I don't know what was different this time. I don't know if maybe it's like the fortune teller. I don't know if this is the time where a lot of doctors and medical professionals are just blowing up on social media platforms. But the fortune teller was right. This second channel took off. He gains about like 250,000 subscribers, which is insane for a relatively new channel. But not only that, he's going mainstream. I'm sure the fact that he's young, conventionally attractive, he just has this very soft-spoken way that he talks. It, it feels approachable 
He was also able to create a lot of controversial videos with this and just slip under the radar. What do you mean? It's so interesting. So he would post controversial videos like criticizing president's response to COVID, which would inevitably get a ton of clicks and attention and people would be fighting to the death in the comments. But for some reason, he never got any heat for it. Yeah, he would just stir shit up and then exit the conversation. For example, one of his first most famous videos was titled Five Reasons Not to Eat Aronamin Gold. Aronamin Gold. Technically, no one should be eating gold, but in South Korea, Aronamin Gold was kind of the hyped vitamin supplement at the time. It's like massive corporations were marketing the stuff as if it's the cure-all to physical fatigue. Eat Aronamin Gold and you're not going to feel tired anymore. You know that little uh, midday slump that you get? Mm-hmm. Eat Adonamin Gold and you're going to be fine. Also good for your eye health, heart health, just overall cardiovascular health. But what is it though? It's basically like a supplement. Uh-huh. Like zinc, iron, gold. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so it, it was one of the most famous Korean supplements at the time. It's almost as if, if I sat here today and made a video titled, Five Reasons Not to Eat Vitamin B12. Five reasons not to eat vitamin C. Or like emergency. Yes, it's kind of a conversation starter because most people are like, wait, why? Everyone takes it. We're all under the impression that this is not a controversial thing, right? People start arguing in the comments. The company that produced it, which is this huge pharmaceutical company that produced the Aronamin Gold, they had to come out and say, Hey, we're going to refute all of his points. Please keep buying our stuff. It got him so much attention that he was invited on a guest appearance for a TV show on NBC called My Little Television. It's like a reality show. So you have a bunch of celebrity hosts that invite celebrity guests or internet famous guests to do a ton of random activities. So they bring in SJ because this crazy video that he posted and this was like his big break of sorts he starts being able to collaborate with massive streamers massive youtubers he made guest appearances on big news networks so you know how they always bring in an expert in the field Mm -hmm. he was oftentimes that expert he was the pharmacist go-to sbs is one of the biggest networks in korea and they freaking loved working with him i think the audience just responded really well he was charismatic very informative had this very gentle approach he strikes me as the type of pharmacist at least when i watch these clips where imagine you ask a really dumb question and you feel a little insecure about it but he's the type to be like don't worry about it this question is a lot more common than you think actually it's like one of the top two questions i get asked Yeah. So the fact that he attended some of the top universities on top of all of this, he was a student president at one of them at one point. I mean, the audience sees this. They see his social media platforms. The guy is nonstop attending fundraisers, going to charitable events, going to seminars about public health. He's organizing events to make sure that the elderly get the care that they need. People really liked him. They started flooding to his YouTube channel. There were times, okay, there were times where he was being criticized for being a bit too political. But from what I can tell, these were a lot of small hiccups in his career. Like, I'm not saying this was okay for him to do, but it just seemed like the internet did not freak out on him for it. For example, he encouraged the boycott of Japanese products in 2019. Like, he made a whole video on Japanese medicines in the market in Korea, made little comments here and there about how he supports the boycott of Japanese products, which, if you know, you know there's a lot of history between Japan and Korea, and it's, it's just a very hot take, if you will. Everyone was fine with it. 
And in February 2020, he wrote a post with heavy criticism of President Moon Jae-in's COVID policy. People are going wild in the comments. Like, think back to February 2020. These oh. are some politically charged times. Mm-hmm. And he's criticizing the president of South Korea at the time for how he's handling this. And side note, SJ would only like right-wing comments and the president at the time was left-wing. So there was a bit of a controversy about that. But these all blew over. In fact, maybe it even helped grow his YouTube channel. It seemed like the saying, all press is good press, kind of worked until it wasn't. Because it's really, really hard to come back from being an alleged rapist that spreads lifelong incurable diseases to his victims. How do you come back from that? Jenny is not her real name, but uh, Jenny was really shaken up after reading this post. I think there was a really big part of Jenny that was like, I need this post to be fake. She wanted to believe that SJ was telling the truth and now in hindsight, it just wasn't adding up. Jenny said there were way too many red flags. So you're like, what post? Who's Jenny? Jenny and SJ met at his pharmacy in 2019. This is December of 2019. It's like the calm before the storm. The outbreak is happening in China. The rest of the world knows, but they don't really know how it's going to affect them. So there are some people going out to prepare. In the US, we were buying toilet paper. In Korea, they were buying vitamin C to help boost immunity. They were trying to be proactive. So that's why Jenny shows up to her local pharmacy. She's trying to get meds. She's trying to tackle her to-do list. But the, the guy standing opposite the clear plastic divider, she's like, that's, that's a freaking YouTuber. I know this guy. I freaking know him. And I watch him. He might even be part of the reason that she decided to go get f- drugs from the pharmacy that day. Wow. Stock up on supplements. I did see some netizens criticizing her for making small talk with the guy, insinuating that she was going after him for being a minor celebrity, which is just nonsense. Like, it's victim blaming, but also you're telling me, you see a YouTuber you watch, and if you're not feeling super shy that day or socially anxious, you're not even going to try to make small talk. So they just made small talk. She didn't even, I mean, she straight up was like, I know you on YouTube, I watch you. They talked about foods. They talked about immune-boosting foods and nutritious things. They joked about how SJ said he couldn't cook well. Jenny said, oh, I'll drop you off like a toshirak, a bento box lunch for you to eat one day. And she was just kidding. It was all very normal and cute. But Jenny was getting every indication that this guy was very interested in her from the very first encounter at that pharmacy. And she was kind of impressed. He's the same on camera as he's off camera. He gives off a very honest and innocent energy. Like the same kind of energy that he would give off in videos. Maybe it was too innocent. After their first meeting, SJ gave Jenny his home address. What? He's like, if you ever want to come over and, I don't know, teach me how to cook. I don't know what excuse he gave. But he gave her his home address. She thought it was kind of bizarre because this guy is a little bit like a celebrity. But she felt honored. If he's going to give me his address, maybe he trusts me. Maybe I gave off a really good impression. That's crazy. So from there, since December 2019, the two start a situationship of sorts. I, I don't know if I would categorize it as a relationship per se, but something was going on. They were basically dating, yes. And a few months later, April 2020, Jenny's at home, laying in bed, just feeling a bit under the weather, a little bit of a fever, body chills, aches, a little bit of sweat. And she's laying down resting when all of her friends just start texting her. They're like, hey, is this about the guy that you're seeing? Is this about the YouTuber SJ? April 24th, 2020, 
A woman, let's call her Alice, posted a long, long thread exposing a famous YouTuber. She did not name him by his name, but uh, with all the information provided in her post, it was pretty clear who she was talking about. She wrote, and this has been professionally translated, but you know, oftentimes there's not the perfect translation between languages, so just keep that in mind. But she wrote, I'm a fan of a pharmacist YouTuber. The reason that I'm making this post is because he's someone who represents what feels like the pharmaceutical industry. He's practically everywhere. I tried to forget about what happened and I tried to stick through the pain by myself, but every time I turn on the news, he's there. Every time I see this person's face on the screen, I feel like my trauma, my wounds, they keep ripping. My heart hurts and I feel like I just can't do this anymore. I have been in so much pain. And my heart has been torn to pieces. All the while, this person is being praised as a pharmacist that advocates for people's health. This is a very long story, but I'll try to keep it simple. I'm a fan of this YouTuber, and we were sexually involved for a few months. Because of our sexual involvement, I will suffer irreparable physical damage for the rest of my life. And when the damage was the most painful for me, he coldly pushed me away. Let me tell you what happened. I initially fell in love with this YouTuber's kindness. He had a very uh, warm appearance in his videos. I wanted to support him when I saw his videos and I thought the only way to do that was to DM him through Instagram. I never thought that he was gonna respond. July 2019, he responds. Since then, we went back and forth messaging with each other and honestly, I felt pretty grateful that he was even talking to me. He would even send me pictures of his family and ask how I was doing. He would ask about my family. I was just a fan. Like, it made me feel really special that he was caring about me. And then he asked me to meet with him for the first time. I was, I was pretty scared. I was pretty nervous. The first day I met him, I didn't know what to expect, but he just made me feel so comfortable. He would even introduce me to a friend of his, which I felt like was a big deal, like a meaningful gesture. We had these deep heart-to-heart conversations the very first day, and I was even comfortable enough to get a little bit drunk. He kindly took me home and asked to come inside, and... I genuinely just thought this first meeting, I was meeting him as a fan, but he definitely wanted something more. He wanted to meet me for sexual reasons because after dropping me off, he comes inside to my house and he keeps trying to touch me and undress me. He ignored what I said about not being able to have intercourse without a condom and I was scared, but he kept reassuring me that it was gonna be okay. And I don't know, I was, I was so drunk and I couldn't resist, so I just accepted it. I thought he was a kind, trustworthy person and I honestly felt like, Maybe I meant something to him. Maybe I, this was like a special moment. I should have cut him off. I should have stopped it when I was forced into a sexual relationship without a condom. Which, side note guys, just think about the power imbalance. Not just the fact that he's a well-respected individual in a field, pharmacy, that in Korea is often associated with prestige and class. Not only that, but he's a YouTuber that she looks up to. She said, Fortunately, I didn't get pregnant because... I chose to take contraceptives afterwards. I honestly could say that I really, really loved him as a fan, like as a viewer. So it was hard to even judge what he was doing to me as something that was wrong. After our first time, he called me every week, kind of treated me like a weekly call. Like he never wanted to go out with me, never treated me like a girlfriend, never had deep conversations anymore. He would just come over to sleep with me once a week. And I started to feel very hurt by it, but I still hoped that the kind YouTuber that I liked so much, that cared and treated female patients so sincerely was still there. I guess I just never thought that he would treat someone as some sort of like throwaway sex partner. 
I started to convince myself that maybe this is how just men and women start dating these days. This is how it starts. I kept meeting up with him and I thought maybe I could change him. I constantly tried to express affection. I brought him gifts, but he would never reciprocate and I just started to feel super insecure. The two of them would continue to have unprotected sex and Alice said that she really regrets it. But I do think that a huge thing is anytime that she brought up the concern of using protection, SJ would put on his little pharmacist coat, not literally, but he would make her feel like her concerns were not valid because when it comes to making medical decisions, he made it seem like he was the expert. Like it's not a big deal. I know what I'm talking about. It was so bad it got to the point where she clearly did not want to engage in sexual activities with him. He did not care. Even when she was on her period, she was. She said that she was wearing a sanitary pad and she told him, I don't want to do this. I have never done this before. I'm cramping. I'm in a lot of pain already as it is. I don't think that we should be doing this. He engaged in activities with her and I, I personally, I want to call it assault, but legally maybe we'll stick with engaged in activities with her right there in his car regardless of her menstrual cycle or her comfort she asked him even if it was safe to engage in these activities while she was menstruating and he said it's even safer than when you're not she said i believed it without a doubt because i mean he's a pharmacist but he's also someone that i looked up to and then one day after a few months sj tells alice that he has blisters on his genital area and the way that he does it is kind of flippant. He doesn't say it in like a, I need you to sit down and we need to discuss something serious. Just a passing comment. It, it didn't even seem like he was trying to bring up a larger conversation. It's almost like, hey, I just got a paper cut. My dog Mango has been with me through some really crazy times in life. I mean, she's been with us for the past 10 years. If you guys don't know, Mango is my little French bulldog with half hair. Okay, she's fuzzy only half the time. And she is literally the glue of my family. I have quite literally named an entire podcast and a YouTube channel from my dog Mango. She is the reason that these channels exist. But three years ago, Mango was diagnosed with this autoimmune disease and she was always at risk of excessive bleeding. Her fur was falling out in clumps. It was it was a pretty stressful time in my life. I was constantly emotional about Mango being in pain and then I would be, get so stressed out every time I started going over the vet bills. Every time we took her to the vet, it was like thousands of dollars because her condition was so difficult to treat. And I am just so thankful that we had savings to cover it. I wish I had known about spot pet a few years back it would have just eased so much of that stress our partner spot pet insurance is here to share a message today on how they are a secret weapon against the unexpected because with spot pet insurance you can get up to 90 percent cash back on eligible vet bills our dogs are always there for us during our hardest times and we need to be there for them too go to spotpet.com today and get a quote instantly visit spotpet.com paid ad from spot pet insurance waiting periods annual deductibles coinsurance benefit limits and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. 
to be completely transparent with you, I am still at that stage in my life where if you tell me, hey, something's going to make you feel better or something's going to make your skin clear, I'll probably be like, give me the clear skin. But growing up is realizing that you can have both. And I have made it a habit to implement things in my life that let me have both. Did you know that your gut health really impacts your skin health? And not just skin, apparently your gut health can impact your immune system, your energy levels, even your mental health. That is why I've now added my favorite probiotic from Symbiotica to my morning routine. It sounds weird to say, but Symbiotica's health supplements are now part of my skincare routine almost. If you guys don't know, Symbiotica is a supplement company that only uses clean premium ingredients in its formulas. No seed oils, no fillers, no additives, no natural flavors, and no artificial ingredients. Symbiotica also formulates all of their supplements for optimal absorption. For example, I love their vitamin C so much, which is also really good for your skin. If you didn't know, everybody loves it. I mean, it's probably the most popular vitamin C amongst all of my friends and family. We love Symbiotica. Their vitamin C is formulated with liposomal technology, which basically means the vitamin C is delivered to the part of your digestive tract where it can be optimally absorbed. And I just love throwing one in my bag on the go, especially when I'm traveling. Symbiotica makes it so easy to stick to a routine, not just because of their supplements being great and tasting great and making me feel great, but also because they get delivered monthly. That means I never have to worry about refilling my supplements or running out and it's just so easy to pause a delivery or add a new supplement to my delivery. With Symbiotica, I've really noticed an improvement in my skin health, but also I feel like I have more energy and mental clarity. Symbiotica has countless high quality supplements that you can choose from. Sleep supplements, cognitive supplements, anti-aging supplements. If you're not sure which supplements would be best for your specific needs, you can do a short quiz on Symbiotica's website and they'll recommend what you could benefit from. This year is your year. Are you ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use code ROTTEN for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. That's symbiotica.com and use code ROTTEN. Alice immediately freaks out. She's thinking blisters on your genital area. That sounds like herpes. I don't know where, what other situation would you have blisters on your genitals? So there's two types of herpes, and this is an oversimplification, but there's HSV-1, which is mainly transmitted through oral-to-oral contact. This is when you have um, like the, the canker sores, that's HSV-1. HSV-2 is an STD that's caused by genital herpes. So that's typically through sex. And genital herpes is pretty prevalent. In the US, one out of every six people between the ages of 14 and 49 has it. Some people with genital herpes are asymptomatic, meaning they probably don't even know unless they had an STD test. And others, they're going to have these outbreaks in the areas here and there, usually in the form of blisters or sores. These can range from mildly uncomfortable to severely painful, and it's lifelong. Really? So it's not something where the symptoms are constantly there. It's not there 365 days a year, but typically they'll have flare-ups, usually when your immune system is weak. Wow. So it'll flare up and you'll get the genital herpes. And typically if you have that, you'll get a fever, body aches, chills. It's just like a whole shutdown in the body that's happening. So Alice, I mean, she's panicked. Who would not be panicked? She's thinking about going to the hospital to get tested. I mean, she's confused how this could be. I mean, she was tested last year. I, I, I don't think that she thought that SJ was seeing other people. I don't even think that crossed her mind because anytime he was with her, he would sweet talk her into having sex and he was, he made it seem like she was the only one in the world for him. So to Alice, this news is shocking and confusing. I also believe, again, the way that he mentioned the fact that he had a blister, it sounded like he 
was almost asking her how that happened. Oh, so, okay. So now she feels like... Yes, she feels very confused. Like, does he think that I gave this to him? Mm-hmm. Why is he telling me this? Like, do I have this? Did I give this to him? I don't even know what's going on. Alice talked about how scared she is about this news, and he just keeps responding, why are you so scared? Blisters aren't even STDs. And she posts the text messages, and she responds, I know, but I'm scared because you got the blisters so suddenly. It's fine, don't worry, honestly. And also, I lived a really good by-the-books life. Like, there's no way that you have gotten the blisters from me. Like, I swear. Uh, I just don't know what to do. I think I need to go to the hospital and get tested. And he's like, no, you don't have to go to the hospital. God, you're so stubborn. I regret even bringing this conversation up. This is so manipulative because Alice now starts comforting him. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, thank you for telling me. Please tell me about all your sicknesses. Like, I'd like to know. We just have to be careful now. Also, I know you said not to go to the hospital, but I did. It was closed by the time that I got there, so it was too late to get tested today. But they were at least able to provide me with my last year's test results. And I tested negative for herpes last year. Oh, really? Yay! Well, good work today. But it's cold outside, so take it easy for the rest of the night. And Alice responds, Sorry I was so worried about all of this, but I don't have any symptoms, so I guess maybe you're right. Maybe you're just a little sick. Take your meds and you'll get better. I just wanted you to know that you didn't get it from me. I think maybe you're too tired, maybe too overworked. I've heard that if your immune system is weak, you can get blisters every now and then. Maybe that's what happened. And this part is so sick. But he responds, I told you I'm not sick. I would know more. I'm the expert. Alice felt a little bit calmed by this. And even in these moments, she's worried for his health and how he's feeling if he's overworked, if he's feeling sick. At this point, she didn't have any symptoms, but she went back to the hospital the next day to get tested for peace of mind. And the whole time she's sitting there waiting to be admitted, she's sweating up a storm. She thought it was the nerves, but it was actually a symptom. Her STD test results came back littered with positives. She was positive for type 2 herpes, and also a nasty bacterial infection in her urinary tract. This specific strain, the doctor told her, typically is transmitted through sexual contact, but it's not as serious. The herpes is very serious. And contrary to what SJ was trying to sell to her, her doctor told her herpes type 2 is a lifelong disease. Like, there's no cure. This is an STD and you have it forever. And yes, you can also transfer it now to other people through sexual contact. The doctor told her, some people are asymptomatic, a lot of people are not. Whenever you get sick, whenever your immunity drops, for potentially the rest of your life, you might form blisters on your genitals. You might have a wide array of symptoms such as fevers, body aches, swollen lymph nodes, uncontrollable sweating. And HSV2 reoccurrences of symptoms are typically more common. Um, They do tend to get a little bit less severe each time that they have a flare-up. There are meds that can help with the symptoms, but there's no cure. And in most cases, it's not life-threatening in most, but the risk of acquiring HIV, AIDS, increases threefold when you have HSV2. And in immunocompromised people, herpes can have way more severe and more frequent reoccurrences. And in super rare cases, herpes can lead to a brain infection that can be fatal. And I know that these are technically rare cases, but still, like just the trauma and More than that, the social stigma that people have to live with with herpes is 
it's insane. And then the complications with future sexual partners, it's mentally, emotionally, physically draining, and it's traumatizing. Alice said that she basically stumbled out of the hospital. She was so shaken up. She immediately calls SJ, and his response is bizarre. I mean, think about it. Your sexual partner is telling you that they just tested positive for an STD that's a lifelong disease. You would probably panic. You'd probably hang up the phone and rush to the hospital to get tested yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But he responds, why are you talking like I gave you herpes? She got emotional about it. I mean, she's already in a heightened emotional state because of her diagnosis. And he coldly told her, I can't talk to you right now when you're in this state of mind. Why don't you calm down and we can talk later? What? And I don't know what changed, but a few hours later, Alice said that he texted her apologizing for not warning her sooner about the blisters. She posted the text messages and they read, with Alice going, Opa, are you working? When do you get off? Can you call me when you do? Okay, lol. And then he texts her again. So I thought about it, and I think maybe I should have told you about this before. But I didn't think much of the blisters because a lot of people have blisters. It's not a big disease or anything like that, but I'm sorry because you're probably super stressed out wondering if this is harmful to your body. He's downplaying herpes at this point. He's insinuating that if you're healthy and you're young, herpes is going to have like no effect on you. He said, I'm so sad for making you worry. I just... I honestly don't even know what to say at this point. I'm just so ashamed because of what I did to you. I'll make sure that this never happens again. Yeah, I just don't understand how this is how someone apologizes to their partner after allegedly, knowingly giving them type 2 herpes. Alice texts him back and with just so much grace, which I think is reflective of her character and not his because he is clearly undeserving of any kindness from her. But she texts him, But I'm not trying to blame you. I just wanted to tell you that it's positive because that's the right normal thing to do. And you probably didn't think that it was anything like this when you saw the blisters. I'm just really scared because I was just diagnosed with it. He responds, but again, I'm still sorry, Alice. Also because of the new meds you're probably on, you probably weren't able to drink on your trip with your friends, right? I feel bad. So it had been a few days. Mm. and she had gone on like a little overnight trip with her friends that had been long planned and because of the herpes medication she couldn't drink she said no no no, it's okay i enjoyed my trip don't worry about it he doesn't respond so she texts him again can you talk on the phone oh haha sorry can we talk later okay call me when you're finished with work So while Alice is feeling completely alone, mentally, emotionally isolated, having no one to lean on, dealing with this life-changing diagnosis that was his fault, she said... So does she at this point think that he was cheating or she thought that he always had it? He always had it, had no idea that he had it and had a flare-up and told her about it. Mm. And when he had the, the blisters on his genitals, he didn't think anything serious of it. Uh, he just casually mentioned, you know, oh, I have a blister there. Yeah, yeah. And when she told him, he just wanted to downplay it. Yes. And move on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even want to comfort her. When this is his fault, she said, I didn't even hate him. I just desperately needed his care. At the time, his words were not comforting at all. And he was the only one that I had to rely on. So I couldn't even get upset with him. Even later, it was hard for me to express disappointment. I honestly felt like a sex slave who was always just supposed to be smiling. A few days later, Alice starts having complications and symptoms of herpes. She started having full body chills, vomiting, intense fever. She was so sick she couldn't do anything. She felt like her private areas were in so much pain that they were falling off of her body. 
She had stabbing pains down there as if she was being cut up by a knife. And she happened to be menstruating at the time too, which doesn't help. She said it was painful to go to the bathroom, so she didn't even drink water for a few days. It was the most terrifying and painful thing. Not even just the pain, but the thought that this is potentially the rest of her life. Anytime her immune system is down or weakened, would she have to go through this forever? She's at her lowest. She's completely alone, terrified. Who is she going to tell? Her friends? There's such a social stigma about herpes. He didn't even end up calling her back. So after work, he was busy. In fact, she woke up the next day, isolated, crying herself to sleep, and she saw that he had posted a bunch of pictures on social media of what he was busy doing. And it is incredibly ironic, but this guy was at a seminar for women's health. She was floored. She said, at that moment, I really wanted to die. I'd like to ask why he cares about women's health, but he never cared about my health. At the women's health seminar, he took a picture and he had this laminated card hanging around his neck that read, the pharmacist who will develop children's and women's health. I guess it's like an or- a club, a pharmacist. Mm. But Alice is thinking, if he knew that I was going to be sick, at least you could have told me or comforted me or been there for me. Because once she told him about her diagnosis, he knew that she was going to start feeling some symptoms. She already had a little bit of symptoms. I think she was just getting so frustrated at this point. She wanted answers and she didn't really know how to approach it. So she texted him, but what are we? I don't know what you think about me. I want to know. He texted back, huh? I don't think a relationship that makes me think and wonder so much is a relationship that's good for me. So I'm asking you, how do you feel about me? Like, what's our relationship? He responds, uh, can we talk later? I'm so out of it right now. That was around 3 p.m. Later around 9 p.m., he finally texts her back and answers, I'm sorry because I wasn't clear about this and I made you wonder about it. I appreciated that you reached out to me via DMs and I liked it when we hung out. That's why I kept in touch with you. I thought the relationship that we have right now is good. I didn't know that you were wondering or concerned about it at all. I don't really think lightly of you, so I would like to get to know you more. But as you know, I'm pretty busy with my schedule because of YouTube and my pharmacy. There's a lot of things right now that are important to me. It's, it's kind of an important time in my career. I like you, Alice, and I want to stay in contact with you. I just, I'm not really ready to start a relationship right now. I've been in relationships in the past and it's just so exhausting. I think I just need some time on my own. I'm sorry I even have to tell you all of this. Alice was devastated but she still at this point did not hate the guy she thought it was a breakup she did not think that he knowingly gave me herpes she thought okay this guy gave me herpes that's a result of both of us having unprotected sex and now now he doesn't want to be in a relationship with me because he's busy with work that's how she felt she's devastated ready to let it go she's exhausted and she stops talking to him and for about a week, SJ basically abandons the woman that he allegedly knowingly gave herpes to, just leaving her completely broken and alone, not even checking up on her. A week later, shows up at her door with handwritten letters, medicine, flowers, food. What? And he's like, can I come in? She lets him in and he's hugging her, cuddling her, showering her with sweet words, apologizing to her, talking to her about how she's so amazing and how he's so lucky to have her in his life. And they end up having sex. Which, think about it. At this point, he knew that she had an STD, but he had unprotected sex with her. So, I mean, allegedly, he has to have known that he had the STD prior, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Alice said that she felt like an idiot afterwards. She felt like someone that he would have sex with whenever he was bored or just had free time. She said, but I kept accepting it because I really liked him. Every time it happened again, I felt like I was cutting and hurting myself. No matter how hard I tried to change our relationship, I just would never be more to him. Like I could never be his girlfriend. He had no emotional attachment to me. I just felt like a woman in a brothel. We always met late at night and afterwards I would watch him leave in a hurry. I just felt so gross. Every time I think about it, I think about my parents who gave birth to me and raised me. For what? For me to live like this? I wasn't even sad not to be his girlfriend. I was sad to not even be respected as a human being. So finally, I stopped reaching out to him. And he never tried to reach back out to me. He didn't even ask why I stopped talking to him. That was that. Well, it wasn't that though. Because after they stopped contact, Alice started questioning herself. She said that she spiraled. She said, I just kept thinking there was something wrong with me. Like there's a reason he treated me like this. Maybe it's my problem that he didn't want to date me. She blamed herself for even meeting him and being heartbroken about it. She spent an entire month severely depressed, traumatized, recovering from the symptoms of her herpes. She said, after being sick for so long, I realized I need to get myself together. This is not my fault. And if it is my fault, the only thing I did wrong was to fall in love, was to like someone. That's it. Alice also stated that if SJ had treated her with respect, that would have changed everything. Even if he had still given her an STD, if he had treated her with respect and they still broke up, it wouldn't have nearly been as painful. She wrote, now that I think about it, he knew. He must have known that he had herpes, but he continued to have unprotected sex with me regardless. He avoided me when he found out that he passed the herpes to me. He abandoned me. He only came back just to use me for his enjoyment. And the part that I can't get over is that someone who has more medical knowledge than anyone else and who always emphasizes health and prevention to the media did this to me. The guy's selling women's health as his brand? Yes. He's like pharmacist for the woman. And she said, the most painful part is that I have this for the rest of my life and now I could hurt the person I love in the future. This guy probably hasn't even thought about that. But that's what I'm the most worried about. Anyone I meet in the future and I fall in love with, I will have to tell them that there is a chance, no matter how careful we are, that he might be infected. And if he is infected, I'm hurting the person that I love. The main reason I'm writing this is, I just hope he at least feels ashamed. If you really are a pharmacist that cares about women's health and human health, I hope you live with the shame. And I have no choice but to carry this virus for the rest of my life. I hope there's no other victims. Thank you for reading. So that's what happened with Alice. And now Jenny is reading Alice's posts. And it kind of feels like deja vu. After Jenny met SJ at the pharmacy, December 2019, remember? Mm -hmm. She dropped by his house to drop off Toshirak because he gave her his address and she thought it'd be an innocent drop off. And, and fine, okay, maybe she's flirting. Maybe she wants to date the guy. Does it matter? No, people are going to argue about this later, but it literally doesn't matter. She genuinely was planning to just drop off the lunch, but he's inviting her inside to his place. And he's like, no, you made this lunch. Let's eat it together. Okay. So they sit down and they eat the lunch and they're talking. And as she's getting ready to leave, he suggests that they watch a movie. And it felt random like a little uncomfortable she knew what he was insinuating it was very sudden there was no natural oh that's your favorite movie oh i've never seen it like oh my god i have the dvd like it wasn't like that oh did you watch the new netflix it was not like that 
He's just like, let's just watch a movie. So while watching this movie, Jenny said out of nowhere, he starts kissing her, trying to aggressively heavy pet her through her clothes. And she's completely taken aback to the point where she freezes for a second. Like there was nothing leading up to this. There was nothing to indicate that these two were even on the same page. She was kind of embarrassed at the sudden turn of events. So she keeps trying to nicely tell him, no, 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 like that's not what I'm trying to do right now. But he wouldn't stop. He said he couldn't stop because he couldn't control himself around her because she was just so pretty and attractive. Jenny kept trying to push him off and even told him sternly that she refuses to engage in sexual activities with someone that she's not in a relationship with. And something kind of strange happens. Jenny said as she's rejecting him nonstop, he's not listening. He's still touching her. And then he pulls back to say, you know, you just kind of have like a unique charm about you. And continues to touch her again. It was weird. The fact that she's like rejecting him and he says you have a unique charm. So he likes that or? Either he likes it or he's trying to convince her to like he's calling her pretty and medokjogi which is charismatic. It was just, it gave her the goosebumps. It's so creepy. It feels very manipulative and gross. But that day they end up having sex unprotected. And I don't even know if I can categorize it as sex. It's one of those situations, and I think a lot of people might be able to relate to this. I personally can relate to this, where you've said no so many times, but I guess you didn't stand up and punch someone and say no. So they don't take it seriously. And then you feel like the only exit out of this in a safe way is to just let it happen, and then hopefully you can exit the situation safely that's kind of how it feels which in that case that's straight up assault because she said no non-stop but after this the two of them kept talking more and seeing each other regularly i did see a lot of netizens kind of pick on jenny for this aspect but i think that's completely normal i think another thing is she had a lot of respect and admiration for this guy and just because of this moment Maybe she was trying to convince herself that it wasn't that traumatic. She was being dramatic. Maybe this is the start of a relationship. It's just, there's so many ways that we try to protect ourselves in our head. This is my favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day. I make myself some hot chocolate. I wrap up in my coziest blanket and I become Detective June Parkett. I don't actually become a detective, but that's how I feel when I'm playing June's journey. You play as June and the story starts with you flying from London to New York to investigate the suspicious murder of your sister and brother-in-law. But that's just the first in a very long line of suspicious murders. There's so many family secrets, twists, and you get to uncover all of these mysteries through a series of hidden objects games. Like you search for hidden letters or other objects that help you advance in the story. The storytelling in this game is impeccable. I mean, every detail is important. It stimulates you because you feel like a detective. The game takes June literally all around the world, from New York to Havana to Paris, and you get to meet all kinds of characters. I do not trust any new characters at this point because everybody seems to have a hidden motive. And as the story is progressing, you can learn about new characters as you collect bits of information to build your photo album. I also really love the dialogue in this game and just how immersive it is. There are some scenes where you really feel like you are Detective June. There's mystery, murder, danger, even romance. Sometimes it does get a little intense, so if I feel like taking a break from all the crazy plot twists, I go back to my little private island. Okay, it's not little, it's actually huge. It's called Orchid Island, and I get to decorate it in any way that I want. I have a waterfall on my island, and I'm currently making a train station route. There's just something so satisfying about getting to color code everything and make sure all the pieces fit. 
It's such a cozy yet thrilling game. It's almost as satisfying as puzzling the pieces of June's family's mysteries together because, listen, I'm telling you, my husband will definitely find me on the couch later today playing June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. My dogs will eat anything. I mean, I have two Frenchies and it's a daily struggle to keep them from trying to eat toilet paper, bees, even trash. My dogs have no idea what's good for them. And you know, that's okay because their job is to be cute. My job is to take care of them to the best of my ability. That is why I only buy the farmer's dog dog food. Think about it. Most dog foods claims it's made out of whole ingredients. But then why does it come in the form of these very crusty pellets? But dogs will eat anything you give them, even dry kibble. Most dog food claims that they're made out of whole ingredients. But when I stare at these dry kibbles, it's very hard for me to see the whole ingredients. And I always had to mix in bone broth or water because it would be so dry that my dogs would eat too quickly and they would hack it up. It just didn't look tasty. The farmer's dog believes that all dogs deserve to eat real fresh food. That's why Farmer's Dog dog food is made from whole wheat and veggies and gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve nutritional value. It makes me feel so good seeing my dog's little tails wagging. Sometimes Mango's entire butt will shake when it's time for their dinner because they know and I know that they're eating fresh, healthy food. It genuinely looks like human food. I've noticed such an improvement in how shiny and soft their coat is and their breath doesn't teleport me into another dimension anymore. I can see the veggies in their food. I mean, my dog always gains a little bit of weight this time last year just because they move around less when it gets a little bit colder. So I feel like it's very important to always watch portions in the winter months. The farmer's dog makes it easy to monitor my dog's portions. Our dog's meals arrive in pre-portioned, ready-to-serve packs, which is super convenient. All you need to do is tell the farmer's dog about your puppy or your dog, and they'll deliver personalized, vet-developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. And you can adjust the recipe selection, portion sizes, and delivery cadence according to your needs and schedule. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash mango. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash mango. So after this incident, he keeps talking to her and they keep having sex. And each time she would beg him to wear a condom, but he would constantly say things like, it'll be fine, you can't get pregnant now. It's still safe without a condom, trust me. It was bizarre. It was the last thing that you would expect out of a medical professional's mouth. First of all, it's bizarre that he's not concerned about using protection. Second of all, how would you know that she's not getting pregnant? Because one of his excuses was like, you're not going to get pregnant. And third, it's just a very rude, dismissive way to combat someone's legitimate sexual health concerns. So Jenny is confused. She's not on the pill, so how is he sure that she's not going to get pregnant? But at the same time, she starts second-guessing herself. So again, Jenny's story sounds eerily similar to Alice's, but unfortunately, that's not all. Around this time of April 2020, Jenny starts going to the doctor with random symptoms, like she's having a headache, she's having fevers and chills and sweating, just weird symptoms that she's never had before. She genuinely had no idea that it was STD-related. She blamed herself for having a weak immune system. She's like, God, why do I keep getting sick? Am I not eating well? But then... She's being sent a post, an online post from her friends. They're like, didn't you say that you were dating that YouTuber guy, the pharmacist? Everyone's saying that this article is about him. She didn't think anything of it. She didn't think she was going to go down the rabbit hole. It's probably just rumors. There's rumors about YouTubers all the time, right? And then all of a sudden, she starts getting bombarded with messages from SJ. 
He texts her, I didn't commit any crimes, I hope you know that, but I can't keep seeing you because I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed with everything that's going on. Thank you for being so nice to me and I'm going to quietly self-reflect and work on myself at this time. I think this was a manipulation tactic. Mm. Just the even thank you for being so nice to me. Like it just feels like he's trying to get ahead of this rumor mm, yeah. in this relationship. The no, no, I don't want you to be bothered by me. I need time to just work on myself. You don't deserve to be around me right now. Like you yeah. deserve better. Like it's that because type he of, knows what's coming. He yes. knows the woman's piss and yeah. she's gonna like yeah expose him too. Exactly. So Jenny said that she was a bit confused. She reads it and later she realizes SJ knew he had herpes and still didn't warn her. Even in this text messages, he's not even asking her if she's okay. He's not even asking her or telling her to get tested. And it almost sounds like goodbye, right? Like they're breaking up. But no, SJ kept reaching back out to her and he kept saying how sincerely sorry he was and he called himself trash. He said that he deserved it. He was apologizing. He promised to take care of her for the rest of his life if something happened. He was very apologetic, that is, until he got his test results back. SJ had gotten a urine test for herpes, and it showed that he was negative for type 1 and type 2 herpes, which now even Jenny's confused, and SJ's attitude flipped like a switch. He went from being this apologetic man to this arrogant, angry, out-for-blood dude. He told Jenny that he was going to come out with his negative test results, let everybody know that it wasn't him that gave Alice herpes. He said, sure, he tested positive for the bacterial infection, but that's completely treatable. He even told Jenny that his uncle was an attorney and he was going to sue Alice. Anytime Jenny tried to get clarification on Alice's story, okay, well, wh why did she get it? How did she get it? Did you have sex with her? At what point did you have sex with her? Why would she do this? SJ would just angrily brush her off. He also claimed that he had a picture of Alice in his phone and he would expose her on the internet. Oh Side note, gosh. I don't know how disgusting that threat is. So I don't know if this picture is sexual in nature because that's really vile but even if it isn't it's disgusting that he would even think to out a victim who clearly wanted to be anonymous so jenny's scared confused she's waiting on her own results for herpes she's terrified she honestly hoped that he was telling the truth for her own health's sake she said at times she was just straight up trying to convince herself that this man was innocent and alice's post was eventually taken down so that led to people being confused on what really happened. Was it fake? Was it a rumor? Did she lie? And then she took it down when she realized it was getting way too much attention. We find out that Alice took it down to protect someone, to save someone. And it wasn't herself. SJ had threatened to kill himself if she didn't take it down. He texted Alice, the Han River. Side note, the Han River is a very dangerous river that runs straight down the middle of Seoul. It's been a huge problem for the country as it's one of the most used public areas for suicides. It's estimated that at least, at the very least, one person tries to take their own life by jumping off the bridge into the Han River on a daily basis. The government has tried everything. Some parts of the Han River bridges, they have 10-foot-tall security railings. They have uh, put phone lines for people to use. They put statues of people comforting one another. They even tried plastering inspirational messages on the bridges. But it still proves to be a problem. I believe right now South Korea has implemented AI technology 
that scans your face when you're walking close to the bridge and the AI technology is able to point out if your face looks in distress. What? And they'll send emergency services that way. No way. Yeah. I don't know if it's working well, but that's their plan. Wow. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Wow. But SJ would text Alice, the Han River looks so warm right now. I feel like I should jump in the Han River. If I disappear from this world, then everything will be solved. So to protect SJ once again, Alice took down her post. And I don't know, maybe with time, the internet might have moved on because unfortunately, that's kind of how it goes. Something bad happens, it's on to the next. But, but a month later, another post was made. This one was by Jenny. And she detailed how she met SJ, what happened, and I've condensed the post because we've been over some of the information, but it read, Hello everyone, I also have a story of a YouTuber pharmacist. I was his fan just like the previous poster. I thought he had this pure, honest, innocent appearance. I stopped by his pharmacy and we started a sexual relationship. It started off very innocent. We would just joke around and honestly it felt really good. So Jenny recounts how they met, how he would pressure her into having unprotected sex. But then she also describes how he tried to convince her that the original poster, Alice, was a liar. She believed him until she got her test results and she tested positive for herpes. She wondered how that even made sense if SJ tested negative. It's not like she was sleeping with anybody else. Like that's the only person she could have gotten it from. The doctor told Jenny that for men, testing through urine is not nearly as accurate as testing through blood. Even for women, like testing through blood is the best way. But since Jenny tested through blood, her test results were likely more accurate than SJ's. She also showed up positive for the UTI bacteria, which is consistent with the first victim and SJ. All her symptoms matched that of Alice's. Jenny wrote, I wanted to believe him because I was so scared of being heartbroken. I think I was more scared of being heartbroken than I was of being sick. She was so distraught with her diagnosis, but she didn't want to talk to him about it. She said that he was so busy with work, I didn't want to complain about my sickness. Anytime she did or she would express any um, stress, he would always say things like, I'm sorry, I'm just a piece of trash. Like, I'm going to take responsibility, okay? But I'm just, God, I'm such a piece of trash. Just guilt tripping her. Or he would manipulate her emotions and try to gain her sympathy by saying things like, I just feel so overwhelmed. I feel like I can't breathe. Maybe I should just end it all. But then one day, SJ told Jenny that he had the stomach flu and then he ghosted her. Ghosted her. Just ghosted her. She thought he must be feeling really, really ill, right? Because he's not responding to any of her text messages, any of her calls. So she made fresh homemade porridge after this guy knowingly infected her with herpes, made fresh homemade porridge and went to his house. He wouldn't even open the door. He texted her, I'm busy. And she had to walk away with her porridge. She said, you know, this guy has a good online image, but he acts like he's someone that cares about people's health. In reality, he's just trying to avoid his problems, take no responsibility for the women who now have problems because of him. He created this image like he's this angel for women and he was loved by so many people. Obviously, he knew that he had STDs and I just can't forgive him in the end for not telling me about it and for not using a condom. Both in a pharmacist professional ethics standpoint, but also in a moral human standpoint, this is so messed up. But the reason that I'm writing this is because he was so irresponsible after that incident. So I thought, what if there are additional victims besides me and the first victim, Alice? 
Jenny was starting to see who this guy really was, and she released text messages in her post sent to her by SJ. So she had texted him in anger, right? And she said, are you even sorry for the people and the fans who love you? Like, are you going to compensate me or do I have to sue you? She's pissed. And he texted her, I didn't want to have to talk about this. I really wanted to solve this problem in the nicest way possible. But if you want to be compensated, you can just sue me. But I will be lawyering up and I'm going to be preparing for it because this is something that's messing with my career. I'm already preparing to sue the first poster, Alice, and the people who are talking badly about me. If someone posts any personal information about me or spreads bad rumors about me, then I have no choice but to sue that person. Look, I'm saying this because I liked you, and I felt sorry for what happened. So I was planning on giving you some compensation. I can cover your hospital and medical bills, but it feels like you want more. If you can promise me that you're not going to ask me for more money and that you won't go public or spread rumors about me, then I'll cover your medical fees. I just don't think I can offer more than this. I hope you understand. I've lost a lot because of this situation. She said, I guess him confessing his love for me was just a way for him to satisfy his sick desires. After I realized who he really was, my hands are shaking right now while I'm writing this and I'm crying. I don't think I'll ever be the same. I don't think I'll ever trust a man ever again. He has a younger sister. He has a mother. I'm a daughter. Why can't he think of anyone but himself? I think it'll be a long time before I ever feel like myself again. These posts absolutely blew up. So SJ Yakurutu started deleting, well, privating all of his posts and videos. Initially, he didn't deactivate or delete any of his social media platforms. And some of them are still up today. Just all of his videos are privated or deleted. It's speculated that he was kind of waiting for everything to blow over so he could come back and act like nothing happened. But it wasn't gonna. Because under Jenny's post, a third victim came forward. And she talked about how she had been in contact with him around the same time that Jenny had been in contact with him. So he's seeing like so many different women all at the same time. But for the third victim, she never had sex with him. They just went on coffee dates. And the reason was he kept saying that he liked her and wanted to have sex with her. But he also admitted that he had a girlfriend. So Jenny at the time. And she was like, well, I'm not going to do anything with you because you have a girlfriend. And this is really weird. And she was in contact with him when the first post, Alice, when that was exposed. And he was pissed. He was telling her, like, I'm so fucking annoyed with this bitch. Like, she's really pissing me off. He would send her screenshots of the urine test being negative for herpes. Like, I told you I'm not telling a lie. Like, I'm telling the truth. Like, she's crazy. And after seeing the urine test results, the third victim suggested that he get a blood test. Mm -hmm. And he shut her down. And he said, no, that costs $1,100. That turned out to be a complete lie. She checked with her hospital and they told her that all those tests go for about $65. So she offered to even pay for it, but he still refused to get a blood test. In fact, it's argued that as a pharmacist, he must have had some knowledge that a urine test is not nearly as accurate as a general swab or a blood test, but he probably went with that because if it was able to show negative, because Mm -hmm. it's not as accurate, he would be able to wield it around these useless results as if they meant something. He was trying to use it to spin the story against his victims. Now, most, most netizens were showing nothing but support to these three victims because, yeah, of course. I even like can't yeah. imagine he faked a urine test because you know how you can just carry someone else's or... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's not like um, a law enforcement ordered drug yeah. test or something. Exactly. It's an STD test, yeah. Yeah, that's why maybe. Ugh. So... 
netizens, you know, they're showing nothing but support for these three women. And it's unclear if there were more victims because maybe they didn't want to get involved. Maybe they didn't want to come forward. I wouldn't put it past this guy. But most people were saying they were understandably upset. But some, some little vultures in the corners of the internet, they came out to leave some disgusting comments. Some were just trying to lecture the victims on how having unprotected sex was not safe. As if they didn't already know, they literally begged the guy to not have unprotected sex. But the really disgusting ones, they said things like, I'm not taking the YouTuber's side, but I just don't get either side of the story. Like, why do these, why do these women keep meeting with him then? Another one read, it's very obvious what these women were trying to do. The victims approached the YouTuber to get something. Don't try to fool the netizens now that it backfired on you. So in reference to Jenny meeting SJ at his pharmacy, the netizen wrote, what do you mean you went there because it's a pharmacy? It's very obvious you went to meet the YouTuber that owns the pharmacy and had a little YouTube fantasy in your head. Like, I'm not taking his side, but you ladies need to be a bit more honest with yourselves. But at least it seems like the victims were able to lean on each other. Alice left a comment on Jenny's post and wrote, thank you for your courage in speaking out against him. I spend every day feeling so sad reading the comments reading that it was my fault and that I'm just as bad as him. Thank you for posting this. Let's do what we can do together. I'll help you. So what now? This back and forth, this topic, it was heavily discussed by Korean netizens. And finally, SJ made a statement, which I've condensed because it's a very PR statement. He wrote, I'm a pharmacist and a YouTuber. First of all, I'd like to express my sincere apologies to the people who are hurt by me. I'm sorry for disappointing my subscribers. He said that he wanted to handle this privately, but uh, it's, it's a bit too late. He said he chose personally to close down all of his social media platforms so that he can stay quiet and self-reflect. He also said all these articles, all these posts, they are spreading things that are not true. They're just becoming rumors. This has led to more malicious false rumors being spread about him. And he said, you know what? I took the time. I took an STD test. I took time to self-reflect and I'm coming to deliver the facts. He says he acknowledges his mistake and apologizes to the victims about not wanting to be in relationships. He said that it was nice to connect with them, but he never felt deep emotions for them. He said their lifestyles and personalities just didn't match. So with that, he apologizes. And he also apologizes for not having their safety at his forefront. He says, I'm ashamed to say that I've never had an STD test before this. I never had any symptoms. I, I guess I just slipped my mind. So first thing I did when all this came out was I went to the hospital to get tested. As a result, I did test positive for gonorrhea, treatable, but for herpes type 1 and type 2, I tested negative. I had another re-examination done and I was given the same results as the first. As the pharmacist in charge of health, it's my fault for not being regularly examined and careless about contraception and complacent about the situation. However, there was no forced sexual intercourse and there was no intentional or malicious attempt to spread STDs. I feel very guilty. I'm not considering suing any of these women, but please refrain from disclosing information, malicious rumors, or articles that can infer personal information. Rumors, comments, and articles that correspond with defamation are currently being collected. I sincerely ask them to not cause any additional damage. Thank you all to the people who are worried about my safety. Once again, I'm sorry. The public did not care at this point. They had the text messages. The public felt disgusting and gross. They felt manipulated. I mean, the way that he's, nothing he said felt credible or sincere. Even the last part felt like a hidden threat to his victims. Like, I'm not trying to sue you guys, 
but I am collecting all the evidence that I think is defamation. I sincerely ask them to not cause additional damage. Like, it's really gross. Also, the fact that he claimed that he had never done an STD test prior to this, I think in his mind, he thinks people are going to perceive him as this innocent, naive guy. Like, oh, I just, I just fall in love and I have sex with people and I didn't even think about these things. This is a medical professional, a licensed pharmacist that was pressuring numerous women to have unprotected sex with him. He had multiple sex partners and he never thought to get an STD test done. That's not ignorance. That's not being naive. That's being incredibly reckless. That's the opposite of a medical professional. And if you think we're going to get justice, think again. For his crimes, SJ was arrested and sentenced to eight months in prison. But this is the infuriating part. He has two years probation. So if he doesn't commit a crime during these two years, he doesn't have to go to jail. So for two years, if he flies under the radar, he'll basically get away with this. And if he never serves time, if he never serves a single day in prison, he can keep his pharmacy license. So as of right now, he still owns the pharmacy. It seems like he's either renting it out or hiring other pharmacists to work there. But he's making a living. He has his license. He's doing just fine. His pharmacy does have 1.3 stars out of 5 on Google, though. Someone did sarcastically leave a review. Does that pharmacist still work there? If he does, I want to meet his handsome face and cheer him up. I love him. A commenter posted, this guy will always be made fun of. Ha ha. A neighboring business owner in the same building that SJ owns his pharmacy was interviewed, and they said that they were shocked. They would have never suspected that he would do something like this. A real estate agent that helped SJ get that space said, why do these kinds of sons of bitches exist? Like, why ruin these women's lives? Like, for what? The terrifying part is, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Once you start looking into it, the amount of sexual assault, sexual misconduct claims that have been filed against medical professionals is honestly alarming. And of course, for the people that I don't know, no critical thinking. I'm going to put a disclaimer. My sister is a medical professional. She's a pharmacist. I would trust her with my life, just like I would trust some of the doctors that I've worked with with my entire life. But in any position of authority with power to help relieve pain and power to control people's physical health, mental health, these types of positions are going to be easy for abuse to take place. The AJC uncovered a sick investigation that doctors that are facing sexual misconduct cases are let off so easily. It's a bit different state by state. Um, some of the worst states, Georgia and Kansas, for example, every three doctors that are publicly disciplined for sexual misconduct, two of them are allowed to return to practice. In Alabama, nearly three out of four doctors. In Minnesota, four out of every five doctors. On a national level, out of 2,400 doctors that were publicly disciplined for sexual misconduct, half of them still have medical licenses today. In Kentucky, a doctor told the patient that she had sexy underwear and then rubbed his mouth on her private areas. She pushed him off, but he said, sorry, it was so beautiful, I couldn't resist. In Missouri, a doctor asked a woman who was injured in a rape case if she liked being tied up. He also asked if she liked being urinated on during sexual activity. In California, a psychiatrist groped a patient before exposing himself and climaxing onto her hand. In New Mexico, an ENT, an ear, nose, throat doctor, would administer anesthesia to patients, and when they were knocked out, she would perform genital exams. In Georgia, a patient came in for a rash, and the doctor fondled her and shoved his hands down her pants. 
every single one of these doctors that I just talked about were allowed to keep their licenses. They'll keep the white coats, they'll keep the prestige, the money, the respect, the success that comes with being a doctor or a pharmacist. It's infuriating and it's a huge disservice to the actual medical professionals who have given up so much of their lives to get to a point where they just can help and save people. It's so disgusting, honestly. And I'm not even really sure where to leave this case. I will say though, the fortune teller was pretty spot on. He would make videos, he would be pretty famous, she just wasn't really specific for what he would be famous for. And I really hope that this fame follows him everywhere. I hope everywhere he goes, people know exactly what he did. I hope this is what he's remembered for. Leave your thoughts in the comments and I'll see you guys in the next episode on Sunday.